Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are talking burnt offerings, but not the film. The offerings. We should talk about burnt offerings sometime, though. Have we seen it? Have we watched it? Hell yeah, we've seen it. Yeah, I was like, okay, okay, we we saw it. (laughs) it. Creepy chauffeur. We watched it. Uh, We're talking about The Wicker Man, the original OG Wicker Man, and the 2006 2006? remake uh, starring Nicolas Cage. Which is probably the one most people are familiar with. Uh, I mean, both of these movies. Is are it though? One's one's famous and one's infamous. <laughs> I think is the best way to describe both of these movies. One's a classic. One's a cult classic. That's good. That's good. Very optimistic. But before we get into this week's films, Jonathan, what is keeping you creepy this week? Well, the other day we had sort of an impromptu. Sleepaway camp marathon. Yeah, we just had a long weekend here in Canada. Uh, I think we do ours a week before you guys do in America. Yeah, it's like our Memorial Day. Yeah, we have fireworks for the Queen. I don't know why. And not even the current living one. It's for Queen Victoria, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think that's what it's about. The point is they told me I didn't have to do anything and I got a second Sunday, so I'm all about it. Pretty nice. And the weather was great. So we, yeah, we did the sleepaway camp binge. We rented all the sleepaway camp movies. Well, all the sleepaway camp movies we could rent. Uh, We couldn't rent number four. Yeah, uh, unavailable. Or the return to sleepaway camp. Is that number four? Ooh, I think No, but I think so. there's, I think Return and then at one that's actually called Part 4. Either way, we watched the first three. They were? Okay. The first one's amazing. The first one's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, I love uh, the original, the OG Sleepaway Camp. I highly recommend you watch them in the order that we did. Number two, number three, back to the original. That's, <laughs> that's the way to go. Like, not only is Sleepaway Camp 1 the peak of that franchise, weird that it's a franchise, uh, it's also just kind of the peak of summer camp movies. Oh, so lovely. Yeah, it's it's pretty... The short shorts. <laughs> I was going to say, it's pretty mean. It's pretty, it's, it's a surprisingly mean-spirited movie for, for what it is. It is a, it is a slice of life. There's though. a lot of bullying in that movie. <laughs> bullying is the nicest way to put it. But, holy shit, do I love Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp 2, surprisingly fun. 
Yeah, no, it was. It had some refreshing kills. It had a really interesting format in that we know who the murderer is the whole time. Right up top. Yeah, it's it's really odd in that sense. I guess the twist is when they when they reveal who that killer is. But is it a twist? Well, it's a twist. Uh, no, it's twi- it's a twist for everyone under a rock. <laughs> yeah, if you have if you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp two, I'm not gonna spoil it. But uh, Sleepaway Camp three, direct sequel to Sleepaway Camp two, and uh, the same actress in is is as the lead. Not as fun, and I think it's because it's not as glory. gnarly. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The kills seem to be I don't know an afterthought. They're cut away to maybe it was just like a budgetary thing. They they didn't have money to spend on special effects but i mean if you know who the killer is you're coming into it this is the third installment it's the same girl she was the killer in the last one and then the kills aren't there you just you need one or the other you need some some mystery or i need to see um eyeballs getting impaled thank you very much she did manage to kill somebody with a flagpole which was impressive that was good and very funny that was very good i really enjoyed that uh speaking of sleepaway camp 4 though there is an unfilmed Sleepaway Camp 4 that was or an unfinished Sleepaway Camp 4 and you can you can watch chunks of the raw footage on YouTube. Interesting. They ran out of they ran out of money very quickly and the production just stopped and never started again. That's kind of fun though. Not for the people who oh, wanted the, to make no. a movie. No, but for like people who troll YouTube late at night looking for the unfinished Sleepaway Camp 4. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Us. <laughs> In other news, though, the third Conjuring sequel, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, is out soon, June 4th, in theaters, if you live in a land that is safe theaters right now, or at home, uh, I think that one's going to be able to rent in your house. June 4th, we have an exclusive rental to give away. We're giving that away to one lucky subscriber. To enter, you just need to head to nofspodcast.com slash do dash it. Yeah, like. You know, like what the devil would tell you to do. Do. Dash do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm excited to check this one out. It's the first Conjuring movie that James Wan hasn't directed. He's obviously still the producer of it. But Ed and Lorraine Warren are back. And, oh, Satan. You say that like the, <laughs> the Warrens are these, like, high-intensity Ghostbusters. They're more like prey-intensity Ghostbusters. I mean, this is my Fast and the Furious. Like, I'm not a, I'm not like a vroom-vroom cars guy. Damn, now that I'm saying it, though, I would love to see Fast and the Furious with the ghosts? Oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> Give me that horror crossover. I'm there. But yeah, Conjuring. It's a big marquee horror movie. Of yeah, course I'm gonna this go big, see this. This is big name horror. This is this. These are the big britches for us horror fans. This yeah. is this is Hollywood heavy horror. I mean, I've said it about every movie for the last like eight months, ten months because we've been Canada and winter lasts forever. Fingers crossed. It's playing at the drive-in when the movie theaters open. Which would be now if it wasn't for fucking COVID. We don't even have drive-in movie theaters open here in I Ontario. I think every single opening of our podcast for the last like month and a half has been, nothing is open here in Canada. We, we can't yeah. even watch a film. We could, we could change the name of the podcast to Two Canadians Complain About Not Having Access to Movie Theaters. <laughs> that could be it. And it would be accurate. Yeah. But because we have no theaters, we are doing another super fun Watch Party Marathon, we're calling it the Blair Witchathon. This Woo! Saturday, join us, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's over at the Fiend Club. We are watching not the first, not just the first, not just the second, 
but also the third. <laughs> oh yeah, I refused to participate in this watch party if we weren't watching Book of Shadows. Oh yeah. man, Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows. I have not seen this movie in so long and I cannot wait. <laughs> so we're doing it. We're, we're starting at 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. We are watching the Blair Witch Project from 1999. Yep. Blair Witch Book of Shadows from mm-hmm. I think 2000. And then the Blair Witch remake, which came out in 2016, which is kind of a remake, but it's kind of a continuation. Um, but we're going to watch it. We're going to chat along. We're going to have some fun trailers and intermission moments that John will program for us. I'm just learning about this now. You always do it, and it's <laughs> in expectation now. <laughs> yeah, join us and the rest of the fiends at the Fiend Club. Uh, it's it's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. These watch parties are always great. It's just like hanging out with your best friends, joking about movies, making fun of the characters that you see on screen, and there's there's plenty of opportunity for that in Book of Shadows, but it's it's a it's a blast. It's fu- We're going to finally solve the mystery of Ezra, or whatever that was called. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ezra Far. Yeah, yeah, it's the word reverse backwards, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, as uh, whatever because you had to watch the movie backward in order to like get some of the clues uh, it's a whole thing but you can join us over at the fiend club at nofspodcast.com slash fiend club for a few dollars a month that supports nightmare on film street and everything we do here helps us grow uh you can join that watch party and get a ton of more fun stuff there it's all there nofspodcast.com slash fiend club you ready to sacrifice some cops to the sun <laughs> the sun god <laughs> I think that's the god. I'm not entirely sure. You ready to let out the fucking bees? (laughs) That sounds like not a lot of plot when you put it like that. (laughs) That's the movie. That's both movies right there. Just like, oh, the crops are bad. What'll we do? Uh, The almanac says if you've run out of fertilizer, give it a howie. (laughs) (laughs) Get the man. Yeah. Kicking off our Wicker Men discussion, we're talking about the Wicker Man from 1973. I could a tale unfold. Whose lightest word would harrow up thy soul, freeze thy young blood. I am here to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. Where is Rowan Morrison? If Rowan Morrison existed, we would know. I suspect murder. Sergeant, I've already In the name of God, woman, what kind of mother are you? That can stand by and see your own child slaughtered. You are the fool, Mr. Harry. You are liars. You are despicable little liars. From 1973, Robin Hardy's The Wicker Man is currently sitting at a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, 87% on Metacritic, and 3.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I want to ask you a question out the gate. Okay. 
It's a simplistic question with a very complicated answer. Okay. Do you think the title of this film is a spoiler? That's a... Ooh. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> that's, a, that's a complicated but simple question. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say no. Because I think if this movie does its job correctly, you forget about that title right up until you hear Christopher Lee say, like, you're going to be late for your appointment with the Wicker Man. And you're like, oh, oh right! Shit. The Wicker Man! What, <laughs> what's that? But it, 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 for, like, the first half of the movie, you're going, what's the fucking Wicker Man? What's the Wicker Man? So you're in this, like, questioning mode that the detective is also in, so you're along for the ride with him and, and trying to get to the bottom of this story. Mm-hmm. I think afterwards, though, like after release, I don't know what the release of this was like and how much the Wicker Man was used in the marketing. I mean, you may have just thought it was going to be like part of their pagan stuff and not necessarily the huge penultimate sacrifice. But I know that like because we're wee babies (laughs) in terms of 1973 sense that uh, we went into this with the image of the the final sequence emblazoned in our minds so like we always knew the end before going on the journey yeah yeah, it's, it's like Psycho, right? It's just always existed in, in pop culture for us. I mean, I had a fucking Iron Maiden t-shirt that had the Wicker Man on fire with people dancing around it and shit when I was 16. Had never heard of this movie. So, like, the idea of a giant stick man on fire is, is just always existed for me, so... It's know. a fucking fantastic image. Like, yeah. absolutely, you can make a whole movie around that. Absolutely. There's a whole fucking d- d- music and drug festival in the desert every year <laughs> centered around that. What's Burning Man up to during COVID? Oh, probably not burning. It's <laughs> don't, don't you think it's okay to, like, distance in the desert? No. No? No, because they windstorm and you just get COVID smacked in the face from the trailer <laughs> next to you. That's a bummer. I So is it a spoiler? No. <laughs> no, I don't think it's a spoiler. There was a question I wanted to ask you up top too, because oh. do you think folk horror has to blatantly forecast its whole plot? Is it forecasted in this? Fuck yeah, it is. Are you kidding? Oh, shit. F- what are you talking about? <laughs> like the whole first act of this movie is like, now we see some people sing a song about what's happening to that guy. Like every like all do of they? it. Yeah, like I'm really Inobservant, unobservant. You hate medieval singing, I guess, is the idea, because like that you just oh, blacked I don't, out. I didn't hear any words there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like because there was a tree, and in the tree, oh, there I like that man. song. That was a fucking dope <laughs> yeah. song. That was a, a tree. It was like this song rocks, and I was grooving to it. This song of the Summer Island, baby. <laughs> <laughs> there was a tree, and in that tree, oh, there was a man. Fuck yeah! Oh my god! Hell yeah, baby! Like the whole thing forecasted right there. I am Legasp. Also, don't so uh, this time around. I didn't even, John. It didn't even <laughs> go in past like my front part brain. <laughs> You're that like those like, kids dancing around, like yeah, there was the tree and in the tree. May pulls a penis. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't you think you could live on Summer Island? Now, now, okay. Like, here's the thing. Outside of the human sacrifice there, part. Mm, you don't think you don't think you could buy into that philosophy? I mean, the candy shop was really nice Can- for only a few people, right? There's maybe I don't know, like a few hundred, maybe less than a hundred. Like, there's, there's not there a was, lot of people. There was a chocolate bunny for every single person. Yeah, they they all have to do their due diligence of eating that candy, otherwise that poor woman is gonna go out of business. <laughs> 
I don't know. Like the fact that like, especially when Sergeant Dewey is talking to the school teacher and she's just like, yeah, no, there's no God. There's no, you die. You go into the ground. You become a tree. You become a plant. You go back into the ecosystem. I was like, fuck yeah. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, but, there's nothing after death. <laughs> but they are so religious. Like just when you see how much they're like religious doctrine, even though it's like this pagan freewheeling kind of re- religion, it's taught in their schools almost exclusively. Like, hey, babe. Like, like I don't fucking know, man. 1973, that was what schools looked like outside of Summer Island also. I know, but I'm just saying. Just because it's like all flowers and hippie shit, it's still like, oh, these 12 gods are too much. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just, I, I, I guess I just, if I had to choose a religion that they were going to shove down my throat at school and in law, this seems like a better one. But yeah, like if I wanted to live on an island with a bunch of Scottish people and sheep, yeah, sure. Hell yeah. Totally. How'd they get those those cows up onto that island, right? It looks like it's only accessible by plane. <laughs> you- there was a boat. Cows on a boat. That sounds like a <laughs> that sounds like a horrible afternoon. Like a real like the most boring sequel to Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> <laughs> cows on a boat. Cows are like vampires on a boat though. They have to travel with their own soil. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to just push aside the like the beat sheet that my brain just created for that movie. <laughs> and we're going to continue talking about the Wicker Man. To an extent, I dig the pagan stuff in this movie. I dig the pagan stuff too, even though I don't know what any of it means. <laughs> Well, at the end of the day, don't you think it's all kind of just crazy stuff? Like, yeah, I mean, they they call this a religion, but it's just at the end of the you know, it's just a bunch of people guessing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you're doing a lot of murder in a jester suit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, do you have to 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 donate a bunch, sacrifice a bunch of ale to the sea in order to make more ale? <laughs> well, I wanted to sound like a smarty pants when we came into this, so I looked up kind of what they used for reference on the pagan stuff. Sure. And it, it was this one book in particular called The Golden Bough, mm. and I just kind of read the Cliff's Notes of it, basically the Wikipedia page, and it does kind of line out a lot of the rituals and sacrifices around harvest, and they did have this, like, sacred king who was sacrificed to create this, like, re- resurgence and stuff. So it sounds like they really rooted a lot of the pagan mythology in in actual like pagan belief which right is on. which is really cool i unfortunately to a layman watching the wicker man you're just like that that woman's breastfeeding and holding an egg yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's walking through the graveyard like okay i guess i sure why and even not he's like okay and he just moves along he is a shithead the moment he shows up and a lot of it's just be it really boils down to just like you don't have the same religion as i do yeah he is being gaslit though by every single human being he comes into contact well, let's with. put that aside for a half a second <laughs> like let's let's forget like weirdly gaslit they're like yep nobody here nope and then he's like she's definitely here and he's like yeah and they're like yeah she's definitely here <laughs> i love the turn where it's just like oh yes no there is a oh rowan morrison oh my daughter right yes yeah now that you mention it i do remember that name she's a rabbit oh fuck when they when he finally gets permission to exhume her body and in that and in, and that, in coffin, that grave there is a grave, rabbit a love it man what a great moment what a what a killer moment it's just such such a troll move for this island to pull right yeah, and they, they they basically are just gaslighting him until the festival. But he's a he's an absolute 
asshole when he shows up. He just, he, oh man. You know, the, the funniest thing, this is such a small bit, but like the thing that pissed me off the most, and it, it's happened both times we've watched this movie, uh, is when he's in the classroom and he's like, all right, everybody, stop your class. I'm the police officer. I'll be taking over from here. Have you seen this girl? Her name's Rowan. By the way, just gonna erase your lesson yes. plan just to write her fucking name. I saw that too, and I was just like, they're learning about toads. You monster. Oh, it's it's all over the place too. Like he they they have the the rest of their sacrifice from the previous year at the altar in the quote unquote churchyard. It is, you know, cuz it's no longer a church. I don't know if we could call it a churchyard. <laughs> that's a fun scene. He just throws it aside and then makes a makeshift cross for, to leave there yeah. for himself, <laughs> for no one else. But it's 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 all over the place. Like even they're just singing a a a very blue but but bar tune and he's got to ruin the fun. Yeah, but let's just say that was a little that was a little sketchy that bar song. <laughs> but here they know he's a virgin though, right? They're pushing his buttons. I don't think he's a virgin virgin. I do. Do you? They say that he is. Oh, I think he's, he's a like... super Christian guy who's engaged to be married, so... which by their rules oh, I guess that's has true. not had sex yet. I think I thought it was like more representational in that so the reason why they get him on the island and they're going through this whole gaslighty thing is that he needs to prove that he's all of these things that represent the king. They need him to not go to the the landlord's daughter when she's basically casting a sexy spell on him. Okay. Because that checks off like virginal, like he's not cheating on his his fiance kind of thing. Like, yeah. And I think making him this crazy religious ass proves him to be the fool. I think all of this gaslighting and everything and all of these spells and weird sexy things they do to him are to prove that he is indeed the correct sacrifice. Wow. I see it a little differently. Wow. I, I see it as like, you're absolutely right. He's a fool for not figuring it out by the end. But I, I think what he's really a fool for is not taking their advice. It's almost a warning. Like, I think the Landlord's Daughter song is trying to, like, elbow him into having sex with the Landlord's Daughter. She's there. She's basically just like, have sex with me. Because if he does, he's not a virgin and they can't sacrifice him. Yeah, but I also think that he has to deny her. He has to remain virtuous to be an eligible sacrifice. So, like, Agreed. But if he did have sex with her, they wouldn't have sacrificed him. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, because at the end of the day, either they, like, this is like any religion. So maybe I, we're, just, we're just saying it's irony. Oh, yeah, 100%, 100% it's irony. Yeah, totally. But, like, I, I do think a lot of their actions are trying to either get him to buy into this religion or to become the sacrifice. I have a lot of weird fun facts about the actress, the landlord's daughter, if you'd like to hear them. What? So she was kind of like a sex pot star cool. during the 70s. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah, like ba- based just, on her appearance in this movie, I think she just played right? like a bunch of femme fatales or whatever, but she wasn't comfortable having her butt on camera. So oh. they used a bunch of different stunt bottoms You got a bunch her. of stunt butts? Yeah. Apparently she was fine with the, the frontal nudity. So she did the frontal nudity, but the butt is somebody else. But apparently later in life, she dated Rod Stewart and he was not cool with any naked images of her being public and he tried to have the film film copies destroyed wow just because he wanted to be the only one (laughs) wow rod yeah and also a fun fact apparently she had a terrible scottish accent so she's dubbed this whole movie hard to tell sometimes in the 70s everyone's dubbed it's somebody else well i I thought that too like this voice does not sound like this woman like especially the singing it's very low for what she looks like i don't know it just doesn't sound like it's her it's coming out of her body and it's not it's somebody else (laughs) that's fun yeah 
Rod I, Stewart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. Rod Stewart's not a fan of Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's not a fan of a lot of things. Uh, what do you what 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 do you think about the songs in this movie though? Because there's a lot of them. Like first thirty minutes of the movie, four songs. Yeah, and they really really like that first song. Like they keep coming back to it. I don't know how I feel about the first song. It's about like cornbread and something. Oh yeah, the bar. Barley and Marley. It's similar to that. Yeah, it's like, it's like a corn and barley and the barley on the corn. Yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot. It's, well, they're very folky. They they sound very traditional. They work for the movie. It's yeah. fine. The only one I really like, though, is that Maypole one. Yeah, it's weird how they don't stick. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't think of any of the words either. And then there's the fire one about the girls trying to get pregnant by the fire. Sure. I don't know. They're a little, they're a little like medievally for me, mm-hmm. but they're they're a fun vibe. They get you into the movie at least. You gotta kind of surrender to it. And, yeah, you know, like the Love Witch. <laughs> like, I think that's a great example because they have like a full out medieval musical halfway through that movie. But you gotta just kind of like go with it. You're like, okay, this is the type of movie we're watching. I'm not gonna look at my phone every 35 minutes, and I'm gonna ride with it. I don't have that problem with this movie. I think I find I'm I really immerse into it right away. Even though there's a lot I don't understand about the pagan mythology, like I'm so bought in that I'm just like, yep, I'm committed. I'm here. I think I just like sunny shit. I think oh, yeah. I've just discovered that yeah, like make your movie your horror movie sunny, and I'm just like hands on my chin, kicking my feet back, like slumber party with the sunshine. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's a nice change of pace. I'll give you that. Yeah. I very much vibe with it. <laughs> I find the religious pagany stuff in this a lot easier to follow than Midsummer, and I think that's probably just because they talk about it more. Like there are definitely plenty of scenes where Christopher Lee is is doing a lot of talking, and who's upset about that? Man, well, dude's yeah, got a and, great voice. And Officer Howie goes to the library at some point and basically reads us out all of the key <laughs> players in in the May parade. My, my favorite part about that, though, is that he's scoffing. In front all, of the librarian? But it's all his inner monologue until she notices this, and then he's like, has to read it out to her. Like, <laughs> can you fucking believe this? Like, yeah, I worship that. <laughs> like, that's my Bible, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's so taken aback by their by their religion his his level of bafflement at what they do i don't know what he's got left in the tank for finding out that they sacrifice human beings yes. and stuff. he's just like they're talking about penises oh actually it was that moment when he he's like freaking out about the sacrifices and stuff that i for the first time in my life was like yeah you know what i think now, I might take this back in the second half of this episode, but I had this thought last night when we watched this. Like, yeah, I think Nick Cage was the correct casting decision. <laughs> uh, we will save all of that discussion yes, for the no, next No, but bit. I'm just saying that, like, he gets very irate and very, very angry. Yeah. And it is Cage-esque. Yeah. Oh, man. Especially, especially that school sequence where he says, you're all little liars. Yes. All of you. (laughs) Yeah. That was the moment, too, where I was just like, yeah, no, this this says Nick Cage all over it in this scene right here. And you're the biggest liar of them all. (laughs) Loved it. And he he threatens to imprison so many, like, women. 
<laughs> like he's just like, I'll imprison you for contempt. <laughs> While we're on the Nicolas Cage talk, can I at least point out there is there is a there is a punch that I that I think everybody remembers and yes! loves. That punch is in this movie. It Did you see it? In yeah, this movie. <laughs> where he gets to the top of the hill. Like, oh, how's it going, McGregor? Whap! <laughs> just like a cold cock that you don't see coming. Uh, I think it's because in the new one, it's it's a woman in the face. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's also it's. <laughs> It comes out of nowhere. Oh, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh boy, Howie is—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's hard to be on his side throughout this, and maybe that's they do a great. Maybe it's just because they do a great job of making the people of Summer Isle seem kooky, but. Well, hell, maybe it's just 2021 me looking at these people. Uh, yeah, because this was probably like, oh. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure in 1973, I'd be like, these people are mad. But now I'm like, they got something going here. Like, I think they I think they know what's up. Well, apparently they were trying to shut down filming at some point. And so when they were filming the final huge sequence, like the Wicker Man sequence. Yeah. One of the goats got stressed out so bad that he peed on somebody's head. <laughs> What does that have to do with shutting down production? Um, well, <laughs> like the goat heard? He's like, hey, man, this well, could get no, shut down I mean, at think, any minute. I think they were rushing. And so, like, oh, they were doing the final sequence. It was like, all too just chaotic. At, like, yeah, like a rushed pace. And I think the ghost, like, the, go- the goat got the vibes. Yeah, okay. All right. You know animals. <laughs> and had a little stress pee. <laughs> Did he pee on Howie? Like, was he in I the wicker? I think so. Yes. <laughs> I think the weirdest thing about this is it's kind of a folk horror, but it's a reversal. Because it's about, like, Christianity trying to infiltrate paganism. Apart from the final sacrifice, and we realize that he's been the underdog all along, and this was all their grand scheme. Yeah. But for the most part, it's him trying to bring Christianity to this society that seems to be functioning pretty okay. You know what I mean? Like, they have their own systems and structures, and here's this police officer coming in. Yeah. This Christian police officer who's like, you're not doing things the way that we do things. Versus being, like, lost in the wild by yourself? Well, worse, like, versus somebody being infiltrated by paganism. You know what I mean? Like, like for instance, in The Witch, it's about the, the Christian structure being infiltrated by the witches and the, and Satan. You know what I mean? It's about Satan whispering in your ear. And in this movie, it's like the paganism is the dominant force and the policeman is whispering in your ear. I see what you're getting at. Okay. Yeah, no, that definitely. And I think that's, that's, that's all maybe just in service of that, the ending. Yeah. Right? When you realize that it's just like, ha ha, we needed you to come. Cause then you're just like, oh shit. Like this is, um, kind of like the prequel to Godzilla like Godzilla is getting to the island like Summer Isle is is touching society now they've plucked out this police officer as a sacrifice for them and so it's just like they're infiltrating the bigger world you know what I mean like that plane won't stop them (laughs) (laughs) but they've 100% selected him don't yeah okay good yeah I mean I had there's not a whole ton of evidence in this one other than just a character saying it offhand I think in the remake they kind of grasp that and they do a little more with the like why we captured you stuff there's a lot of like ex-wife weirdness yeah 
Um, which we'll get to, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like it more that he's got no connection to them whatsoever. Yeah, that they just found this guy, which yeah. means they are really connected. Like they really have some inside scoop and like societal happenings to to find this the the right person to fit their king for a day because they had to know how he would behave on the island. If I'm correct in that, he needs to prove all those things while he's there. Yeah, I I, I think all of those things are supposed to be in place so that way they don't just accidentally kill somebody who wasn't sort of like preordained to to. To be that sacrifice, because that's the idea, is that they can't be wrong because he has been sent there to them by the world. You know, like, I, I, I don't know the name of their god. The sun? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's nature is what it comes down to. Like, they're, they worship nature. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, you know, if, if, if most of the people in 1973 had sort of flipped over to worshiping nature, we'd probably be in less of a climate change situation now. And I think we were talking about this earlier, so I know it's a little bit of a re- repetition for the two of us. I think that's that's why we've got such a resurgence of folk horror now in the, the 2010s, 2020s. Well, I think it's a combination of climate change and anti-capitalist Oh, sure. Um, because we're starting to realize that they put a lot of onus on climate change on the individual. And, like, here's what you can do to, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. stop climate change. And then you realize 70% of climate change is from, like, 10 different corporations. And you're like, well, maybe we just need to stop allowing these systems to become monopolies and take over the entire world. And then everybody's just like, let's dance in the woods! Yeah. <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm up for it. That sounds like... Try and stop me now. Like, <laughs> like as soon as I get that vaccine and the fucking sun's out, oh, hell man. yeah. <laughs> like, here's your flower crown. Like, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think we should all just wear billowy clothing from now on. Smocks and stuff. Flower crowns and jogging pants. Right? <laughs> Who cares anymore? <laughs> oh, I hope we all come out of this, like, hippie pagans. <laughs> yeah. Well, if there's anything this fucking coronavirus has revealed, and I hate bringing up coronavirus every episode, but it's painting my life here. Our systems are fucked. Yeah. And if any, if there's any subgenre of horror that's really great at painting the system is fucked and it doesn't work and we should try the other, it's folk horror. Which is, is always so interesting with a movie like The Wicker Man uh, or even Midsummer. Look at you bringing it back. Well, you know, because uh, the thing is, the system in place in The Wicker Man, there's no guarantee that it's right. And there, there's such a great moment where, where Sergeant Howie is realizing what's happening and they're going to sacrifice He him. had a really good defense. Yeah, he, really good defense. Yeah. Where it's just like, next year, when your crops fail, they will come for you. Because they're not going to, like, you've already plucked me, this sort of preordained person from the mainland, but they're going to need an even bigger sacrifice and they will sacrifice you their leader such a great moment it and was you, good you can see it hit christopher lee like lord summer isle and he's just like no i'm doubling down on this one <laughs> he's just like shit but it's may already yeah <laughs> what will we do now yeah i i know <laughs> there will be no problem the man. <laughs> we built the man <laughs> Fucking Christopher Lee. We haven't talked about him at all, but I mean, apart from saying like, ooh, uh, he's fucking great in this. I might go out as him for Halloween. I, I think want, that's a great idea. I you need that... to get a yellow turtleneck. Yeah, yellow turtleneck, nice little tweed jacket. It kind of looks like he's wearing Vans shoes. Like, <laughs> he so... is wearing sneakers, which is like oddly not pagan of him. <laughs> yeah, but I could get behind also, it. Also, his house is huge and has like a lot of shit on the walls. <laughs> You mean like art? Yeah, like <laughs> medieval shit. I don't know. It just looks like he's living a very comfy 
life on the island. I I got to tell you, at the very beginning of this movie, when they when he was coming into the island and we're seeing all the weird people and how cut off they are and the eye that's on that little like dinghy boat and stuff, I was like, shit, we should have just paired this with a cult movie. Like the Sacrament or, I mean, Apostle comes to mind, but that's also kind of folk horror-ish. Because, yeah, it's got straight up cult vibes all throughout. Although he's nice. <laughs> Hey man, aren't all cult leaders nice until they start asking their their people to sacrifice themselves or True. leave jars of blood outside? True. <laughs> you know, like that's True. like next year, like Wicker Man two. If they made a sequel in nineteen seventy four, would have been fucking dark. Yeah, true. They are on they are on the decline. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the these are the last of the good days. Do I can tell you he, that. Do you think he's wearing a wig in this movie? Hell no. I Ever. so I. I okay. It's so windy that thing would have blown right he's, off. Okay, well I just need to commend him on his volume. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. Even with the sea spray, I would never achieve that volume. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that scares me the most about doing it as a Halloween costume. I don't have the mop to, to support <laughs> it. I'm really happy that we actually watched this after Midsummer because so many questions that I had in that Midsummer episode about like, what the fuck does this mean? And like, what the fuck is this about? You know, it's <laughs> looking at it now, 100% homages to the Wicker Man. I told you it's the Wicker Man. Even even down to wearing someone's skin. Yeah, and like all of the gesture stuff. Now, they might just be using the same pagan references. We, yeah, probably, and therefore, yeah. they're very similar. But yeah, Midsummer, and I, I've said this from the beginning, Midsummer is just a breakup movie with the Wicker Man. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a Wicker Man sandwich of a breakup movie. Yeah, it's like you brought two people instead of one. <laughs> yeah, I'm also glad that we, one, uh, watched this after we talked about Midsummer because I didn't want to be talking solely about the wicker man while we talked about midsummer yeah because i think now anything we talk about in folk horror is going to be not tainted by this but it's gonna like this is folk horror number one and anything that comes after (laughs) the remake which we'll talk about soon yeah yeah, 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 um (laughs) is gonna be compared to this it's hard because it's all over it and it makes me wonder like what else we can do with the subgenre and like you know we've got a whole lot of folk horror stuff now but it all seems to be treading the same ground and like i don't mean that as a, as an insult or anything because like i enjoy most of them like I, I enjoy a lot of folk horror movies i think all the genres though are kind of going through that weird growing pain of like okay so we've perfected like say the zombie film we've perfected the the dissension among the tiny group of survivors yeah. and and the the the, the zombies outside like yeah. we've perfected that everybody's kind of seen it we're all very familiar with that plot line with with folk horror because we're seeing a resurgence we're all kind of getting used to there is the system and there is the other and just how one tries to infiltrate the other like that's folk horror yeah we need to find a way to refresh that subgenre a little bit and yeah. I, I don't know the answer <clears throat> i don't know what it is I'll still keep watching them because they're fucking Hell yeah. sunny and shit. Yeah, right. Like that is that is a big part of it. That's always nice. It's you're you're so right though. It is true across the board. Like we've been making movies for over a hundred years. Yeah, like vampires need something new. Yeah. Werewolves need something. Everything needs something new because we've made a box for them and we've all been playing in that box for so long that it's getting a little worn out. And it's I think so, that's yeah. across the board. I, it's so funny because it, it it's. You know, we, we spend a lot of time as humans figuring out what movies are, how they work, what to do with them. And, you know, like we've, you know, we've got these great periods where like a new subgenre comes and we like explore that for a long time. And like I'd say the biggest thing that we've got going right now with Hollywood is copy and paste movies. And I, I, I don't necessarily mean like 
the fucking remake of this and the fucking remake of that, or this is the same movie with these new characters. But we we it's really this, have, but it's that. It's this, but it's that. It's a it's a beat sheet. It's a template. It's like here's what a story is and what a story should do. And it's it is fun to see that folk horror, which is about breaking systems, is making a resurgence now at a time where movie making has probably become more formulaic than it's ever been before. Yeah, that's a really great point. Yeah. And like I find I'm coming up with that in screenwriting because I'm I understand structure and I'm learning structure, but it's just solely so I can defy structure. But also like I'm trying to break into the business, so like I'm not in a position in my career where I can break structure yet. So like I have to be such a part of this structure machine that I'm just like, oh, but what if we do what people aren't gonna expect? <laughs> right? You gotta you gotta what was oh there's Hue- I'm not allowed yet. <laughs> I, I, I listened to this thing with Huey Lewis in the news. Uh, you know, like, obviously everybody remembers from American Psycho. They they talked about breaking into the system just like okay well what we need to do is infiltrate and subvert like i think was like the term is just like we got to just get in there you got to get in there it's cool and then fucking pivot hard and just like and just like turn on them (laughs) (laughs) once once people are ready to give me yeses then i'm gonna start just like (laughs) serving up some weird ass shit (laughs) right it's just like yeah there's narrative shit out the fucking window like werewolves Uh, but they're only upside down (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're just ceiling werewolves Come on, John. It's amazing. They bite your head from above. Okay. Is this something you're working on? No. (laughs) I mean, maybe. I was just gauging your reaction. It Man, was not good. <laughs> I, I I hope we're just at the cusp of 20 years of Eraserhead movies. Like, that'd be so fucking rad. Oh, God. I'd be so tired. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts on The Wicker Man? Yeah, it's dope. Yeah. Let's I... get that fucking hand. Like, he, he finds that body in the, in the morgue that's missing an arm, and when he wakes up after There's being knocked out. There's the arm candle? It's the fucking arm <laughs> candle? I want one of those candles so fucking bad, it was man. It creepy. Yeah, it was. And he slaps it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. He's like, fuck this arm curse. And there's too much good about this movie. I feel like we haven't touched on a lot of it. But like, what else is there? It's just like, hey, some people dress up real weird and dance for a long time before they burn a guy alive. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I guess at the very least, the end of this movie, and you know, we've only ever seen it knowing how it finishes. The fucking sword thing. Is that what you're going to talk about? The sword thing is surprisingly tense. Whoa. Should not be nearly as 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 uh, scary or yeah. nerve-wracking. And then they accidentally don't kill a girl and all have a laugh about it and then I don't they just know if move they on accidentally right? i don't understand well because like that's that I, we're we're in the fear of sergeant howie at that moment we're like maybe this shit is real and nothing is as symbolic as they say it is mm-hmm. like they're actually sacrificing these may queens oh uh, like you think that's supposed to be like a little reversal there where it's just like look it's all just representational sacrifice agreed yeah and it's it lets the air out a little bit and then boom we've still got real sacrifice which is howie true that sequence is fucking dark though yeah yeah, yeah. those uh sword things are fucking scary and the fact that they all have to go through it you're just like oh those guys are way too good at making that by the way just like hey we got some oh, me and five buds bam 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 pentacle fucking sword <laughs> it's real good the funniest thing about like all religions that have some sort of symbolism about something is that it all comes from like a hella dark place and like hey this is true about non-religious stuff too like i'm there's plenty of shit we do in our regular everyday lives that is, in some regards, celebration of that time we massacred an entire group of people. We won. <laughs> and so we light a candle to remember the time we burned their city to the ground. You know, shit like that. Ooh. And so like, it's it's true in like the pagan stuff. Like, yeah, they're they're acting out a ceremony where they used to like randomly sacrifice somebody. 
But it's all for fun, because we, we're civilized now. We don't do that unless shit gets rough. Like, yeah. how far away are we <laughs> in the mainland here from, like, a few years of bad crops from just, like, sacrificing people on the soil? I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> because as a vegan, you know you're going to be first to go? No, I just have so little faith in society from this past year that I'm just like, I'm not in a good place with society right now. Me and yeah. society aren't speaking. Yeah, no, society's crazy. Like, let's not forget that in Shirley Jackson's The Lottery... Her children also picked up the rocks and threw them, no problem. <laughs> Society will turn on a dime. <laughs> okay, so what's your rating of The Wicker Man? I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's anything that I don't like about it. <laughs> you know? Like, it's just like, is it a perfect movie? I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 4. I'm also a 3.5 out of 4. I think, yeah, like, it's pretty fantastic, but some of it you're just like, I don't know what this means. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. And the music, I, I some of the songs, I'm like, they're using this cornbread song a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I dig it. Yeah, there's. there's oh well. <laughs> I, I don't know that it also delivers on all of its promises in 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 regards to like what this means and what this does and all of our what this means and what, what this, this does. does. <laughs> but whatever, like it's great. I love it. Like from what I understand, there's also like a like a longer cut of the movie that's supposed to exist somewhere. A longer cut exists somewhere. <laughs> so three point five out of four. <laughs> We'll leave it at that. But I am so stoked to watch the Nick Cage version. I feel like it's been a long six months since we watched it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I'm in the right mindset for it, and that I'm not just like this isn't like the fucking original. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do my best to focus on all the nice things about. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Walkers, cyberpunks, gangsters, and so much more. Meet face-to-face with all kinds of monsters on AMC+. From The Walking Dead's Whisperer War to the world-saving quests of The Watch and the brutal brawls of Gangs of London, AMC Plus is more than entertaining. It's epic. Brace yourself for an all-new season of Creepshow and films like Train to Busan presents Peninsula, part of Shudder's Halfway to Halloween Month. Plus, catch brand-new episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, Available ad-free and on demand. Start your free trial today at amcplus.com. Moving on, we're going to talk about The Wicker Man Remake, which I think will probably only ever be referred to as Nicolas Cage's Wicker Man. Yay! Afternoon. Sorry about that. It's okay. I'll get it. Give me your hand!
Sigurd. I know that we haven't spoken in a few years. I need your help. I need your help. I have a daughter. Her name is Rowan. She has been missing for two weeks now. I fear she is in danger, so now I turn to you. Be careful and believe nothing that you see or hear. Lost your bearings? Oh, hey. Sorry. Snuck up on me there. This is private property. Do you know her? Hmm. I don't recognize this child. Welcome. My little girl is still here. She has been taken by who I don't know. I'll find her. If she existed, we would know of her. Whose desk is this, hmm? Rowan? Hello? You suspect foul play. Hey! Wicker Man returns. Who's the Wicker Man? I'm gonna search every inch of this town. She'll burn to death. She burned to death. I need your help. Daddy. From 2006, Neil LeBute's The Wicker Man is currently sitting at 3.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, 36% on Metacritic, and 1.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I would also just like to point out this is the second time in my life that you've made me watch this movie. It's only the second time that I've ever seen it. And I mean, now that we're covering it on the podcast, I don't think I ever need to watch it again, right? I... I had a really hard time watching it. This time around? Yeah. It's I, because we watched The Wicker Man before. I didn't enjoy <laughs> myself like I normally do. I was really frustrated. And yeah, I think that's because the original Wicker Man was so fresh in my head that I knew all of the things that they had decided to keep <laughs> and all of the things that they had decided to be creative on. And the things that they kept were so inconsequential. Like they chose random lines. Yeah, that it's mostly they kept. it's mostly bits of dialogue they yes. kept. Yeah. And the overarching story is cop comes to for Rowan gaslighting Wicker Man. <laughs> Cops comes to for Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But the like then the, the things that they changed aren't enough. They aren't yeah, enough. They don't enhance the story at the core. I think it was mainly to have something different. And it let's talk about it. Sure. I'd, I'd say like one of the biggest differences that sort of sums up both approaches to this story is that in 1973, you have a Christianity versus paganism. Story and in this, it's very much man versus woman, and I don't think it works. I just don't think it really works. And to be fair, if I was charged with making this movie in 2006 or even now, hard to say whether or not I would do anything different. Okay, and and strangely enough, man is the protagonist, so like it's uh, 
I, but he's the fool. Well, well not in this. They there's, don't even say <laughs> there's that. There's none of that in they this. They don't even say that. They are hardly pagans. Yeah, it's just because it's a matriarchal society. Oh, they must be pagans. Okay, so let's start at the beginning because I think apart from the matriarchal stuff that you just dropped, the biggest change is that we don't start right away at Summer Isle and we see Nick Cage, whatever his character's name is, life kind of beforehand and he has this traumatic event which isn't in the original film so I'm going to assume that it's not based on the original novel Ritual which was the loose inspiration for the original Wicker Man okay he is a traffic cop I'm assuming he's not a a full cop because he's got a fancy bike I think he's just a highway cop he's got a bike is it even like he's got a gun it looks like a cart though like it's 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 like a it's (laughs) There's nothing motorcycly about the bike. You're thinking about like Easy Rider. Like, yeah, it's not he's, a chopper. He's got a mall cop bike. He's not the Terminator. <laughs> he's got a mall cop bike. Yeah, but like for he's inside got, the mall, not he's got outside satchels. the mall. Satchels. He needs <laughs> <Notes>? stuff. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Pylons. Road flares. Yeah, there's probably pylons in there for like spilt sugar. Every highway cop. <laughs> every highway motorcycle cop's nightmare. <laughs> okay. So, he's a cop. Yeah. And he experiences this really strange road stop where a woman and her daughter are moving or going on vacation. Their their car is loaded up. And the girl flings a doll out of the car. And so, he, being good Samaritan cop, picks up the doll, chases them down, gives it back to the girl. The girl's a brat, throws it back out. And when he goes to get the doll from the other side of the road... A truck plows into them and the car lights on fire and the woman and her daughter die. Yep. I am so conflicted with this scene because the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, I don't know what they're going for here, but this is pretty good. There was some premonition stuff set up, like Nicolas Cage kept being very cautious of the trucks. Like he kept seeing them drive by really fast and you you could see him kind of in his head being like, this turn's not safe. Well, it's at the end of a hill, right? Because there's a runaway track. Yeah, no, it was it was good though. And then and then it just goes one. They revisit it way too many times. Oh sure, way too many times. But time that they... first time they revisit it though, when <laughs> no, he's, when he's on the ferry. Okay, that's, that's that doesn't count. That, that does doesn't not count. That... Shh. <laughs> we will get there. So we we cut again to him, and he's taken leave. Obviously, like a traumatic leave. And a police officer tells him that they haven't. I they they were unable to ID the woman and the child, and the car's not. No, licensed. no, no. They never found them. Oh, okay. Is this the thing? They're just like, oh no, nope, never found those bodies. And then yeah, the car had no license and whatever. And like, this is a huge mystery they've done set up, but nothing. Yeah. Nothing comes of it. We have no idea if it has any relation to Summer Isle. I'm assuming it doesn't. Okay, so my theory is that there was never anybody in the car, and it's just supposed to be him having some sort of idea that a woman that he loved previously, who he was engaged to, who disappeared suddenly, has had a child, and it's his, and this is just the interaction of him with them at the car in the beginning of the movie is the premonition. 
that there is a child in his life that he has to save. Yeah, and I mean, which the, they, the doll they, and hey, the, the fire. Movie, the like, movie definitely never says that. So, like, that is 100% headcanon. Yeah, it's played for this real traumatic event for him that we just never revisit. And for him to be like, I'm a cop, I have to investigate this girl missing. And it's just like, why aren't you investigating the girl that died that went missing back at home? Yeah. Like, if, if it's weighing on you so much, like, why did you get this random letter? And we're like, oh, forget this case. I'm going to this missing girl. It, it was a huge, weird thing. Well, I, I guess the idea is that, like, oh, I let one girl die on my watch. I can't let another one. So I got to go out there. Also, it's a letter from his fiance. Like, the, the thing that I really don't appreciate about this movie is how much of a personal connection he has to the island. I don't like that. I don't think it serves the story any better. Also, his complete inability to do math. So she invites him to the island because her 10-year-old daughter is missing. Oh, and they... he said two years ago, right? Like, they haven't seen each other for two years? Oh, no, I think he said 10 years. Oh, all right. So if she left you, she was obviously pregnant at the time. Like, do the math. Yeah. They play the... the... He never once... Oh, uh, yeah. They play the, uh, it's your daughter, in the middle of the movie, like it's a big twist. <laughs> what? Oh, and it's, it's like she like, oops, I let it slip. She ac- <laughs> I accidentally said our daughter. And he's like, what? Mm. They only brought him to this island because, unlike the first movie, he is the worst detective on the force, right? <laughs> He's not even a detective is the craziest thing. There's like, we just need a law guy. Like, we don't, you know, back in the 70s, my grandfather, he really cared that it had to be a detective. Well, We're a little lenient now. But the way they set it up is that they send women out to, like, have these proxies just in case the bee harvest fails. It's a honeypotting scheme. So that they, yeah. They <laughs> we- have these men that they've all like abandoned at their beck and call who they know will come and try to save the day yeah and ellen bernstein who's in this movie playing lady summer isle instead of lord summer isle she still has the same sort of speech that oh the crops have failed so now we need to take these drastic measures to to make a proper sacrifice in order for the crops to succeed again but this has been a plan, at least for Nicolas Cage, 10 years in the making, 12 years in the making. Because they were engaged, which means they spent time together. Yeah. he wasn't. It wasn't just like that James Franco situation at the end of the movie where we, we see... She get out at him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, 100% this was always the plan. Like, they'd been working toward killing Nicolas Cage for 10 years. It's not... It's not just like a surprise, like, oh, shit, things have gone bad. We really need to start doing something different with, with our sacrifices to this god. And, like, why bees? Why why were we like, let's change it to honey? 100%, 100% it's because they are a female-led society. So that Lady Summer Isle is the queen bee. Oh, true. And they, the women who they are sending back out to the mainland are honey-potting dudes is the idea. They're bait. It's, 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 they're, they're just bait to get them back to the island ten years later. I don't like it. <laughs> no, it's not It's not great. It's really not. And the thing, too, is like adding the personal connection to Nicolas Cage's coming to the island makes the gaslighting throughout the entire, basically the entire film, from when he gets to Summer Isle to when he's in the fucking Wicker Man, he's being gaslit, which, you know, it works as it does in the Wicker Man The original Wicker Man. But in this one, it's so fucking frustrating because all of the characters are running around in stupid circles and 
Willow, the the woman that's brought him there, the mother of Rowan, she is so frustratingly annoying. Every single time Nicolas Cage talks to her, she's got this like... An argument could be made up until a point in the movie that she's not real because they only I ever was see, say that. Yeah, they only ever see each other by themselves out yeah. of the forest. She gives such piss poor information. She hides stuff. Like she doesn't say anything about being Rowan being in the festival. And he punches a lot of women in this movie, and I'm surprised he doesn't punch her. <laughs> she's so frustrating like they've had 10 years to play in this uh, and she's not this good at no, lying exactly that's the whole thing and they're like ha a plan has worked perfectly and it's just like i don't know when he got to the island you guys sucked at yeah, it yeah you really look like you're shooting from the hip on you're this all one. just like i don't know we want to look at our moldy bag like what and what no, was that even no one is very okay i'm very glad you brought that up because i have no fucking idea at the end of the movie that's the same bag they carry him to the wicker yeah. man in. so uh, the only other possible explanation is that it's the pilot that somebody else on the on the island took the plane pretended to take off came back a day later and destroyed the plane that's all i can guess is that the pilot because already i don't fuck it like that's honestly uh, that's just a guess Maybe they that was like their their April Day celebrations. April were, Day, yeah, they I were like just it. Just cleaning that up. Yes, on April we kill pilots. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're jumping all around here, but so they do kill the pilot. You do see it over on the beach. He's got his his eyes crossed out and his mouth sewn up. But it detracts from the the whole overarching point of the story, at least in the original, that this it, that it isn't custom for them to kill. Like this yeah. is a really unique and devastating thing they're doing because the harvest has failed. Yeah, the fact that they just like kind of kill willy nilly makes the fact that they bring this person from the mainland and gaslight the shit out of him and make him suffer. They well, they've taken out all of the king for a day and stuff. They've taken out anything that gave this death value. Yeah. So that at the end when he dies and you you end on this like powerful wicker man moment, it means nothing. There's no weight to it. They're already killing people willy nilly. They yeah. could they could have killed him with the bee hat or with the leg breaking. They didn't yeah. need to put him in a wicker man. Like no. their sacrifices and their murders make no difference. And there's no end to it either because they're still sending women out to to attract dudes that they can then hustle into the island 10 years later. Yeah, the, the the people in the original Wicker Man believe that this sacrifice is going to save their harvest so that they aren't going to need to do these drastic measures, hopefully again. Yeah, it's like when you see a cult collecting poison. They're like, oh, we don't need it. But it's just like, you know, good to have on hand for <laughs> the future. Just in case the man comes. Yeah, right? Like, that's exactly it. And like, I think part of part of Neil LeBute's approach in this uh, is, is that he's trying to make it look more like a cult. Like a capital C cult. Yeah. We definitely get all that in the original Wicker Man. But that, you know, you, you sort of start to realize o- over time that like, oh, they just maybe have a different religion and a way of practicing. It includes murder. Straight cult status, I guess, but it's like a stereotypical cult here. And And there's a lot of cruelty in the undertones that isn't in the original. Like how they treat males and they're all like mute and they're all subservient. They're worker bees, baby. But they seem afraid, which is which you immediately assume they're going to be punished or they're murdered. And, And when they ask about how if a woman gets pregnant with a boy and we saw how many fetuses were in the doctor's office, 
there's Oh, you really think that they're killing boys? I assume so. I only assume they need a few like grunt workers. I fuck it that scene where Nicolas Cage comes across the dudes who are loading up wood very clearly to make the wicker man, which you uh, you, uh, you would think is maybe why they're a little timid and they don't want his help. Uh other than the fact that he sucks at helping load Yeah, logs. he's like you want some help. He lifts a log up, the whole truck empties and he rides off on his bike. I I, I really think that that is like a big moment for Neil LeBute and he's just like, "Ah, this says so much." You see, this is the only scene where Nicolas Cage offers to help anyone and it's a man and everybody else he like he we still have the patented like show up in the school yeah oh, show up God. in the, the, the classroom ruin the the chalkboard it's still a dick move it's great it, this scene is perfect for Nicolas Cage it's the exact same scene it's the exact same scene even though it is nearly identical to the original scene mm-hmm. there's no maple which how dare they is there no maple? Well, there's a maple, but there's nobody, nobody using it. Nobody uses it. Yeah, there's yeah. No, like 100% less songs. And Well, and there's no little boys. But there's something about any of the scenes that that mirror the original. So any of the scenes in the bar and any of the scenes in the schoolhouse and with the school teacher, they just... Because, it's the gaslighting. The gaslighting in this movie is just not good. Yeah, I think it's because the movie... Fail, this version of the story fails to create a mystery. Yes. Like, not even necessarily a good mystery. They don't even lead him anywhere. He no. just, like, stumbles into things. Yeah. And he's like, this must be related. Like, he ends up in a crypt for no reason and of no consequence. Yep. Nothing is revealed there. No, there's there's no there's no story building in it. It's There's a girl missing. I gotta go to this island. He gets there, and then we wander around until the Wicker Man. Now, like, you know, in, in the 1973 one, we've got misdirection, we've got misinformation, and there's at least, like, there's a there's a path that he's following, and, like, he's literally, like, he's pulling, he's pulling the strings out of a yarn, you know? Like, there there is a mystery here, and mm. they're doing a great job of twisting it for him and, and leading him somewhere. But in this... Any any like weird mysterious stuff is just like a room that Nicolas Cage walks into, sees something odd, and moves on. Yeah, like when he's looking, he finally investigates Rowan's room with Rowan's mom, and she's like, uh, and he's like, "Where did you last see her?" And she's like, uh, and then he's like, "Was it here?" And she's like, "Yeah," and then, <laughs> and then he's like, "Did you see all the shit she wrote on her under her desk?" And that's never explained. Like, is that all part of nothing's, the ruse? Nothing's explained. There's a there's a scene where he opens a door and there's a girl covered naked, covered in bees. There's another one where a guy's covered in bee stings. There's all the fucking twins on the island, which don't mean anything. It's just like fun for a cult movie. Like, I, I'll go ahead and say. Any of the weird stuff I've seen in this movie, I have seen at least versions of it in other cult movies, and it's like, oh, strange, bizarre, but it, it you know, hopefully would lead somewhere. Mm-hmm. The twin stuff makes zero sense, especially the fucking teacher. Sister Rose, oh my and God. then Sister Thorne, who we meet <laughs> later on, it doesn't, like, oh, God, why? Why? I think that's just supposed to be more evidence for their selective breeding. I guess. How do you selectively breed twins? I guess, well, you can, but they don't have an ultrasound machine. <laughs> they how might. The f- how the fuck does Frances Conroy know whether or not you got a twin? She's out there reading ancient medieval books about, like, sacrificing people for plants. Like, there's no way that she's, <laughs> like, she's probably, like, cracking a watermelon in half. She's like, ah, yes, there's more seeds on the left side. You will have twins. Like, come on. <laughs> 
I mean, that sounds accurate. <laughs> Here I am, though, being like the, the shitting on paganism, I guess. It's not paganism, though. They no, had no, the no, paganism. No. Like, yeah. there was some really interesting lore that I would have liked to have seen explored further because I, I honestly think it was even a little vague in the original. Like, the. Oh, yeah. The, the the three figures of the May Day Parade and the role of the the king for a day, the fool. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah. to see that expanded, and I honestly think Nicolas Cage was a good choice. It's just the film isn't right, and that's the problem too. Is Nicolas Cage is so committed to the role that everything lands worse because he's so there. He's so present and he's so like when he's shouting like like how did it get burned? How did it get burned? How did it get burned? They're like we're keeping all of these takes. <laughs> You're just like I don't know how we got to 10, but like he really believes we're at a 10. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. And the same, yeah, when you were saying, like, we're keeping all the takes, I really feel like that was the way with the burning car sequence at the beginning. Oh, sure. Because they re- he keeps having dreams, which is, one, to pad out this movie because he's not actually on a mysterious journey. Mm. He One of his dreams is because he's, like, waiting at the dock and either there's nothing exciting happening. As so it's just good, like, yeah. he sees Rowan, <laughs> he sees Rowan, like, under the dock and so he dives down and he gets her. And then, and he's like, oh, it was just a dream. But then it's like, second dream, you're holding her. I liked it. I thought it was okay. It was hilarious. Okay, let's, let's, what's one thing about this movie you like? Let's, let's at least take an intermission break and, and pick one thing we like about the movie. Okay, so it's the... Jump scare when he's on the boat. How on the dare way. you take my one pick? <laughs> How dare you take my one pick? The jump scare was great, but then they revisited it and they take they took some of the flair away from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They he, revisited it twice. It's so good where he sees the girl just outside the window and you hear a horn, you assume it's the it's it's the ferry that he's on, and then BAM a fucking truck runs her over. Loved it. So good. But then we go back to it in a dream, and then we go back <laughs> to it again and he gets up and he goes to her. Like he keeps revisiting scenes and bees keep infiltrating them and it's just Weird. Yeah, he's supposed to be learning more throughout these dreams. And the car crash that we that he tries to save those two people from at the beginning of the movie, it keeps changing, but like not enough that it's delivering any information. And it's it's all you know, we oh, this this colony's crazy about bees. So next time we have that dream, he's trying to break through the window and oh the girl's here this time. Previous dream she disappeared, there was no one in the car, but now the girl's there and there's bees in the car with her. Ooh, like what does that what does that tell you? It does not propel the story forward whatsoever. It doesn't add anything to it. And I'm saying that about like literally anything this movie does. Like yeah. just it's it's just a collection of scenes that are in some regard riffing on the original. If you told me that this film was shot on a private island that was used as a actor's retreat for an improvisational class, I would believe it. Huh? Like, all right, we got we got a, sh- a small crew, a whole bunch of actors. We've all watched The Wicker Man before we showed up. We're going to, on the ferry ride over, talk about a few things we want to change, and we'll just take it from there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Nicolas Cage goes back to Ye Old Inn and the barmaid is yes. getting ready for the May Day Parade and she's got her bear costume. Sister Beach. <laughs> and, oh God. <laughs> her and Nicolas Cage are very committed to their roles and so therefore every time they speak, it sounds very weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she's talking to one of the other women and the woman like basically calls her fat about the bear costume. Like, ah, the bear costume's gonna- A little tighter this year. Yeah. And then <laughs> in, and then she's like, so about about that thing I told I asked you to take <laughs> care of earlier, you know, the dead guy down at the lake. It They're was, like bad guys uh, from a Dick Tracy cartoon. <laughs> like, ha ha ha, banter. And so you took care of- So the thing I asked you to take care of, I really hope nobody's leaning over the banister and listening to this suspicious yeah. chatter. I don't know about it. It's it's crazy. And that that's just another line from the original. There's a scene with Christopher Lee where they're all getting ready for the May Day celebration and he makes that joke to... I, I think it's the barman from the original one. If not, the yeah, I think so. It's the it's the, it's the the landlord daughter's uh, dad, so I think so. And another thing. <laughs> so when he's talking to the schoolmaid, her speech is all the same about how like they don't believe in death oh. and everything goes back to the trees and the earth and the air and fire and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, whatever, and he runs off. For some reason, we revisit her in the woods because he needs a bike. Yeah. And so he robs a bike from her, but she's wearing a mask, and he's like, why do you have that mask on? And she's just like, "It today's our celebration of death and rebirth. And I was like, you don't use that word. Yeah, you previously said you don't say the word death on the island, but several characters have said the death and rebirth celebration. And now you're having a death day? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess the first one, I think, was Willow. So at some point, you're like, oh, maybe, you know, she's, she's with us on this ride because they, they've got her daughter. So she's willing to say the word that no one says. But yeah, the bike scene makes no sense because it's... it's Were you talking about Kim? It's bringing him back down to his roots. He was a motorcycle cop and now he's a bicycle private eye. I see it mirrored. But (laughs) there's there's scenes where it's just to get him access to things. Like I literally think they just wanted him to be like furiously riding a bike around the village. So they they have him connect with the school teacher so he can purely like point a gun in her face and take the bike from her. Yeah. And then later when he's in the bear suit and he's running off with Rowan, (laughs) they have his phone ring brief. Just so he could go, like, take the bear suit off to take the bear suit off because you wouldn't stop in the middle of, like, a chase to change your outfit. Yeah, no, you wouldn't do that. And so we purely have him stopping in the woods and being like, Pete, Pete, for no reason because we don't want him in the bear suit in the end. Yep. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Which, Which is. Ari Aster was like, I was going to no, say, no. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Ari Aster fixed that mistake. He was like, I think he should have stayed in the bear suit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, I, I will say, Wicker Man 2006 really bridges the gap between Wicker Man, the original, and Midsummer. Oh, yeah. Like, we should really, it, it's, you know, without it, we would not have Midsummer, so we should thank our lucky stars. <laughs> it brought us the bear suit and the breakup story. <laughs> there you go. Oh, what a time to be alive. Now, a lot of people, when they talk about Wicker Man, they talk about the bees sequence when he's like, not the bees. And they also talk about when Nick Cage punches a woman in the bear suit. Yeah. I was surprised you glossed over that. <laughs> what I had forgotten was that he beats up a lot of women in this movie. It's not just the one single punch. Like, he punches the barmaid out. He's, oh, yeah. He drop kicks Lily Sobieski. He sure does. <laughs> A few, like, into the May girl they have, photos. They yeah. have a fucking fight sequence. <laughs> I don't understand her role at all. It seems like she's <laughs> practicing on him for when she goes into the mainland. So she's, like, doing flirt practicing? I guess that makes sense because the barmaid's daughter is supposed to be, like, a seductress. Yeah. But she just looks like she's the worst at lying, so she just laughs. When somebody asks her a direct question, she laughs. 
I I don't know, man. Like it's there's no way off this island, so none of them really have to be good liars. They're just like, man, he came here a day early. If only he'd waited till April thirtieth, we would only have to do this for like an evening. Like I think it was just that he showed up a little ahead of schedule, and they're like, oh, we gotta filibuster a bit until <laughs> until we get this thing built. All right, get the fucking guys out there and bake it right now. <laughs> They could have just locked him up and left him locked up because somebody clearly tried to lock him up in the crypt that he went in for no reason. Yeah, I got it. And then what's her name let him out? Like, she could have just left him in there. She could have just not come to the churchyard. Yeah, like, I I don't know that it's 100% the case in the original one, but, like, I was making a a case for it being sort of like a a series of trials. In fact, no, 100%. They they established that at the end, that Christopher Lee says that all the things that they put him through were tests to prove that their theory was correct, that he was chosen, you know, he was, like, a divine sacrifice. He is the one person that they're meant to sacrifice in order for the crops to... To, to reach harvest. Well, and it also plays really well on fate and stuff, and, like, th- that he's fated to, like, he had all of these, you know, same thing as, as the horror movie trope of the of the harbinger at the gas station, and yeah, how, yeah. like, you have to, in spite of the warnings, carry onward toward your doom. Yeah, but there's none of that in this. Like, I, there's a quote from William Blake on, like, the, the school board. It's something about being on a perilous path. I couldn't read the whole thing before he erased it. But, like, it's like, that's the idea. I, I also do have this theory that any horror movie that has any scene in a in a classroom. Have I said this on the podcast already? I don't know. Where it's just, like, anytime you put a scene in a classroom, they are reading, they are giving you, like, the thesis of a movie. Oh, always. They're, they're tipping to it, just like, oh, and in this chapter we learn about how the character's unaware of their fate. Like, that's just... That's just every horror movie. I guess it's not really a theory so much as just like common practice. <laughs> I would be, we would be hard pressed to find a scene where they aren't doing that. Yeah. A single occasion. Yeah, I mean, e- even Gremlins has it because it's sexual reproduction. We're talking about the metamorphosis between like uh, like uh, frogs, I think is what they're talking about, which is when the Gremlin is Aren't is they literally talking about time travel in Donnie Dark? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they talk about time travel. They talk about destruction of property. They, 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 they uh, destroying the future more than just the destruction of property. But anyway, um, I honestly, I'm gonna come out and say I don't find the B sequence that funny. It's funny out of context. Yeah, when I saw it on YouTube back true. in 2006, 2007, I was like, this is hysterical. But that's just because my mind was building stuff. Like, what kind of movie would have a guy with a cage on his head being fed bees? Yeah. We rented this from the library, and it was the version. I don't know if there's a version that exists with the whole scene, because I'm sure that I saw it initially with the whole scene. But the version we saw has the bee sequence and the leg breaking cut out. Yeah. Which I, I think was done purely because of ridicule. Uh, I don't know. But so they have to overdub a lot that of whole that sequence. scene because he arrives at the wicker man with broken legs. So like, and he's all like beat up. <laughs> and so <laughs> voice over of like Ellen Burstein wa- walking very like ornamentally towards the wicker man with all of her followers. And like we see all of the, the speaking parts all highlighted proudly. But uh, like voiceover. And then the voiceover is like, not my legs. <laughs> you, know, it's, it's like, you bitches. You bitches. My legs. <laughs> 
And I think there's still some talk about not the bees. Not yeah, the and bees, he's just like, yeah. I don't believe in your god. Yeah, and so like that that's all done over over some transitions to get toward the wicker man, which which sucks. And then he arrives all puffy and with his legs broken. Yeah. And I I have heard other people that have rented this on like Apple TV or whatever and and then had to like we did go to YouTube afterwards. Like, I just paid seven dollars to rent this and you're not gonna give me the one scene I wanna watch. <laughs> I, the thing you probably saw it on it's DVD. It's called Mead. <laughs> you probably saw it on DVD because, like, let's 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 be I think honest. I rented it from Blockbuster, to be honest. Yeah, and like 2000 to 2000, I don't know, 11, 2010 was all about like unrated DVD, like director's cut. Like, you know, you get one version of the theater, you get another version on DVD. The version the director doesn't want you to see. <laughs> <laughs> this one's got a boom mic in it. This one, this one's got several takes of oh, Nicholas Cage saying, I would pay "Where's for the, the bird?" The boom mic cut of anything. Well, you should watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No. <laughs> Have you heard about this? In the the movie. The uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'll, I'll TLDR this, but you know when uh, it was shot in four by three, letterboxed. You know, mm-hmm. uh, for the for the television. And for the te- for the, the the television. Yeah. <laughs> One person watched it. It was Joss Whedon, and uh, <laughs> he's his biggest fan. When they formatted it for HD and made it widescreen, there's several different ways you can do that. And one is essentially just like like you're cropping an image, just like, oh, fuck it. You don't get the top and bottom of this. And then you do like a tilt and pan, which is – or not tilt, tilt and zoom instead of pan and scan. So you're, you're transitioning up and down the way we used to back and forth. Ugh. Yeah, because because you're cropping out a whole ton of the image. Or you can just – I like, it- I'm like. i fine with the pan and skin, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the, there, there's what they did with Buffy the Vampire Slayer where they literally just took, like, the raw data from the camera and put that in. And you would occasionally see the edges of the seams or the edges of the sets and boom mics and wires. And it's, like, horribly noticeable. That sounds lovely. Throughout dozens of episodes. Oh my god! Where it's just like it I, ruins I, the TV magic because, like, when you're shooting it and you know that it's four by three, you're just like, oh fuck it, that's out of frame. Don't worry about it. You don't have to move that coffee cup or whatever. Like, it's just no one's gonna see it. Who cares? That's wonderful. So, how many episodes though? <laughs> Tons of them. Yeah. And like, I think I might watch Buffy now. <laughs> I've never watched it. <laughs> yeah, Wicker Man. It's um, it's not one of my favorite. Like Rage Cage, like weird Nicolas Cage movies to watch. Uh, there are plenty. Of- there are there are a bunch of great scenes in this, but the problem is, is the movie is so frustrating in between them. Yeah, that when you get them, they don't feel like a reward. You're like, yeah, finally. <laughs> e- even before I had seen the original Wicker Man from 1973, which mm-hmm. I think we only watched for the first time last year, maybe? Maybe two years ago? Oh, right. There was a quarantine last year. Definitely two years ago. <laughs> like, probably three years ago yeah, now, like, John. Okay, yeah. So last we, year, like, last year it would have been two years ago, and then we added another year to that. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so fairly recently. <laughs> but, you know, I, I saw The Wicker Man. Oh, fuck, I saw it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, my point is, you can see, like, whether or not you've seen the original Wicker Man, you you can tell there's a good story here. And, like, there there is a very good story here. It's just they don't reach it. Like, they're not making the right choices to make it an engaging story that you want to pay attention to. It's kind of a slog to sit through. And it's a bummer uh, because Nicolas Cage has given his all, you know, and uh, – Everybody's fucking trying. You got a fucking cult movie with Nicolas Cage, Ellen Bernstein, Francis Conroy, fuck it, Molly Parker, I like her too, and you can't, you can't make it, like, super awesome? That's a surprise. 
Just that cast alone should have been able to do it. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about the weird sound design and him going to the barn for no reason. Man, that's such a that is a much more boring sequence than than a police officer finding a bunch of like twenty year olds drunk from the bar having sex in a graveyard. Yeah. Man, the original Wicker Man knew what was up. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the original Wicker Man fucks. The original Wicker Man fucks. That's the thing. This movie does not. No. This movie a hundred percent does not. No. Rod Stewart would love this movie. <laughs> There's it's so not pagan. Like it's not. Yeah. It's a bummer. Which is probably why. I'm giving it a one out of four. Yeah, I'm giving it a one out of four, too. Which makes it hurts. Uh, I just, I, I, I want to like every movie that I watch. The appropriate <laughs> amount of times to watch this movie is one time. Yeah, with friends. And you can and... hold it fondly in your heart and remember Nicolas Cage punching a woman in a bear suit. My, my. In a bear suit, punching a woman. It's not, it's not as funny as I wish it was. But he does punch a woman in a bear suit. He, in a bear suit punches he, a woman. He, in a bear suit, punches a woman. You gotta figure out where to put that comma in the sentence, otherwise it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. You know, though, I'm very happy that we're in a Nick Cage renaissance, because if, if anything, watching Wicker Man, the remake, has taught me that Nicolas Cage didn't need to change. We needed to change. Yeah. <laughs> we just weren't ready. What are some of your favorite Nicolas Cage movies? And I want at least one old era Nicolas Cage. Oh. You don't got to give me like. That's a, The problem though is that old era Nicolas Cage is all like boy movies. So like I, I'm only kind of seeing them now. Moonstruck. Valley Girl. What are you talking about? I'm. Okay. <laughs> You've seen Moonstruck. You don't like you know you like share movies. Yeah. I haven't really. Okay. He's only got one hand in that movie. You got to see it. <laughs> What, but, but seriously, what are some of your favorite Nicolas Cage movies? If anybody out there is, is looking for another Nicolas Cage movie to watch after watching The Wicker Man, what do you suggest? National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> the last prestige Nicolas Cage film. <laughs> yeah, that's a good choice. Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, man, the Ghost Rider movies are pretty good. There's that fucking scene where he, <laughs> he wanted to drink a martini but they wouldn't let him so he filled a he filled a martini glass with skittles <laughs> and downed it like it was a martini <laughs> good stuff good st- we should do the fucking ghost rider movies on the, the podcast the national treasure movies are good though they're really good they're so good and i will accept that's no... a mystery that is a good mystery yeah oh action <laughs> that adventure is getting you from point cage. a to point b it's solid movie making i love it what's your favorite nicholas cage movie yeah, I was just trying to think about that too. I mean, is it Face Off? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Face Off, it's Con Air, it's Raising Arizona. I think they're all great. Um, there are very few Nicolas Cage movies that I don't think are awesome, and that's just because he's, he's he's always good. He's like a David Bowie. Like when you really look at his career, like it's it's crazy. It's like looking at Alec I wouldn't ba- go that far. John. It's like looking at well, I just mean in the sense that like he's not sure he's not as much of a chameleon as David Bowie was in becoming different people, but like you can literally go like. This is a this is a Nicolas Cage. This is a different Nicolas Cage. This is a new oh, Nicolas Cage. La- Last Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. Isn't it called Last Kiss? No, it's called Vampire's Kiss. Oh, that one's good. But that's just our opinion. I was like, how do we get out of here? Yeah, I have no fucking. I was trying. <laughs> I was really trying. <laughs> but that's just our opinion. Let us know what you thought of the Wicker Man and the Wicker the Man. Wicker Man <laughs> the Wicker Men. And, of course, what your favorite Nicolas Cage movies are over on Twitter at NOFS Podcast. In Discord at NOFSpodcast.com slash Discord if you're not already in there. Uh, I mean, heck, we're on Reddit. We're still on Facebook if you want to find us. The Instagram, too, if you feel like it. Just look for Nightmare on Film Street. 
If you're a fan of Nightmare on Film Street and you want to join the Fiend Club, hit up nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. We have all kinds of watch parties, events, swag, and bonus stuff there for only a couple dollars a month. You support us and uh, come watch some sweet movies and hang out in the spooky speakeasy. While you're at it, if you've got your phone in your hand right now, which you probably do, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating if you like the podcast. It really helps us grow the horde, rise in the charts, and get the podcast in front of more fiends like yourself. As always, you can support the show for free by doing that or just telling a friend that you think would like it to subscribe and check it out. But until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Walkers, cyberpunks, gangsters, and so much more. Meet face-to-face with all kinds of monsters on AMC+. From The Walking Dead's Whisperer War to the world-saving quests of The Watch and the brutal brawls of Gangs of London, AMC Plus is more than entertaining. It's epic. Brace yourself for an all-new season of Creepshow and films like Train to Busan presents Peninsula, part of Shudder's Halfway to Halloween Month. Plus, catch brand new episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, available ad-free and on demand. Start your free trial today at amcplus.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.